from the Ramsey headquarters here in Nashville, Tennessee. This is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your money and your life and your work and your relationships, everything. Give us a shout at 888-825-5225. It's 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by my good friend Rachel Cruz, and we are taking your calls. It's a free call. Give us a buzz. And let's go out to... Green Bay, Wisconsin, and talk to Lynn. Hey, Lynn, what's going on? Hey, um, I was calling because I needed some thoughts and ideas. Um, I am going to be locked in a pretty intense custody battle um, that I didn't see coming. Mm. Um, what happened? When we went sorry. to court, my, I'm sorry? What happened? Uh, we went, well, I had my baby, and um, he met her once. Um, for a couple of hours, and then just kind of disappeared, and I didn't really push things. Um, Who, wait, he, and, hey, back up, back up. So this is the father of this baby. Were y'all married? No, we were not. We okay. were supposed to be, but I found out about a bunch of infidelity, and that okay. was the end of it. So you um, had your baby, and then the father of that baby um, saw her for just a few minutes, and then he took off and disappeared. For for a couple of hours, okay. the week that she was born, he um, he met with her, okay. um, but he didn't see her after that. He did text for a while, um, asking general questions, but um, after a while, he would um, text, um, how is she doing? And I would respond, she's good. Do you want to see her this weekend? And then he wouldn't respond. And we kind of rinsed and repeated that for, I want to say, about four or five times, and then um, late October, early November, he just stopped all contact. Um, and I didn't reach out because I didn't want to chase him down and I had other things to worry about. Sure. You have a human being you're keeping alive. That's right. Um, well, uh, last one, or the Wednesday before last, I got served papers for a court hearing. Um, and I work, uh, I get my mail in the evening and I work, um, the weekends. And so I wasn't able to, um, look into an attorney or really review the papers, so I had made an attempt to call him to see what he would want for the proposed parenting plan, um, and he didn't answer. So when we went into the well, the court was over the phone. Um, so when I went there, I had dropped off the papers about ten minutes before the hearing because I was trying to get everything to the court on time, um, and I didn't have an attorney. And um, at that point, my X had said that he wanted full placement and full custody under allegations that I was horrifically abusive and he feared for the life of his child. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, which put us in the position of having to skip past mediation and go straight to guardian ad litem. That's right. Which is where the court assigns an attorney to the kind of to the child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Whew, um, hey, take, take, take a second. Hey, take, come up. take a second. This is hard. This is hard. Um, this is your baby. How how old is this sweet girl? She's ten months. Ten months. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm so, so sorry. sorry. And and there's there's a, sh- a shock element to this, right? This is uh, something that you didn't see coming, right? No, I I didn't. Um, I thought because I had been amicable and I had um, offered for him to see her on weekends that he would take me up on that if he wanted. Um, and I've had people in my personal life ask, you know, why, why would he do this? What does he want? And I, I, the only answer I've been able to give them is to, um, to punish me because I, I didn't, 
meet him and I didn't call back to him or anything. Um, Can I, okay, I, I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom moving forward, okay? Right. Um, there's a whole psychology about this, but I'll keep it real simple. Stay out of his head. Okay? Why yeah. he's doing what he's doing is his problem, not yours. Your energy and your focus is on protecting this baby and making sure that um, things stay the way they are. And by the way, while we're at it, we need some child support too. Okay? Yeah, Why he's doing this do. is, doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah what? This Is he have an attorney? Uh, he does, and I didn't know that until um, till the day that I had called and asked the court if there had been any movement on the case, um, and that's when they let me know, uh, but they said that he hadn't responded to the paternity test, and so they were still awaiting papers before they could put anything in motion. But I mean, at some point, he's going to have to answer for the unpaid child support of 11 months, and he's going to have to answer for the text messages that you have in writing about how you reached out and tried to offer support and he would never respond. He'll have to respond to the phone records where you call him and he doesn't answer, right? So I don't know what his attorney's trying to do, but this isn't a very winnable case. Where, where does well, he, where, it's, where does it's he think he got information? It's complicated. Okay. Um, I don't have the copy of the text messages because my, my phone ended up with an error on June 3rd and everything was deleted that I couldn't get to my computer. And the only thing I could get to my computer was when I would plug it in, it would automatically ask if I wanted to download any pictures or videos. Okay, let's do this. Cause I, I don't, I don't want to get into the legal stuff like this. You need to talk to your an attorney about that. And um, I, right. the, the phone, the phone company should have the records that you need. All that to say is this, um, I want you to get online and Google family um, court programs in your area, okay? Okay. And there will be low-income resources for people who need attorneys for, for family matters. Okay. Okay? If, if they are unable to serve you, I want you to call a local, the nearest law school that you have and ask for referral services, either through... Um, one of their in-house programs or one of the externship programs, or they will have a list of people who take on cases like this, either pro bono or on a sliding scale. Because there's a group of attorneys in, um, in another state, I'm friends with some of them, who love taking these kind of cases because it's right and it's the right thing to do. Okay, But we're looking for family court programs or family um, law service programs and even if you call a family lawyer in town and say, hey, I don't have any money. This got sprung on me. All of a sudden, this guy's coming out of the woodwork after a year trying to claim things that just bananas. They may not be able to take your services, but they'll have some refer- um, some referrals for you to call for somebody to walk alongside you um, in a way that you can afford it or will be a free referral service. I'm so, so sorry that you're going through this and that this has come out of the left field on you. Um, again, stay out of his head, stay out of all the drama. Don't be a part of the drama. Be a part of getting the legal counsel that you need and somebody to protect you and take care of you and that baby through this process so we can retain custody and move on with our lives. And by the way, that dude needs to pay a year's worth of child support and make a plan moving forward because there's 17 more years in that baby's life. So, so sorry that you're dealing with this. What a heartbreak. What a heartbreak. We'll be right back on The Ramsey Show. Thank you.
get asked all the time, when in the baby steps is the right time to buy life insurance? My answer is typically now. Life insurance is not part of the baby steps because it's needed when your family has debt and not enough savings to provide for their financial needs. That's when they're at the highest risk. And no matter where you are in your baby steps, it's a necessity, not a choice. This includes working husbands and wives, as well as stay-at-home parents. It's pretty expensive to replace those stay-at-home parent responsibilities. I only recommend term life insurance since it's the most affordable way to get the right amount of coverage and not break your budget. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. These are the guys I personally use. Term life insurance is inexpensive and your family needs this no matter where you are in your baby steps. That's Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Xander.com. Blinds.com's 100% satisfaction guarantee means even if you mismeasure or pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. You get free samples, free shipping, and with the new promos they run every every month, you'll save even more. Use promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Rules and restrictions apply. Today's question comes from Laura in Texas. My husband and I are on baby step two with $45,000 left to pay off. Our combined income is around is around a hundred thousand. I just started working at a side gig delivering groceries three nights a week after our son goes to sleep. At this pace, we'll be debt free by next February. We live in a good area, and I rarely go to the sketchy parts of town. But my mom is, but my mom worries about my safety, and I don't think she approves of me working so much. I make fifty-five to ninety dollars a night. Should I find another side? Oh, oh, Laura, this gets all of my... Laura. <laughs> go, John, go. Number John, one. John is ready to jump in. Your mom doesn't get a vote. Oh, Laura. I don't care what your mom says Laura. unless she wants to write you a $45,000 check. Unless she wants to pay you $90 a She night. doesn't get a vote on approving how much you work. Good grief. And in she... what part of town. Golly. Number two, that's a, that's a trigger for me when someone says, ooh, that's a sketchy part of town. That usually means... People look different than me, or the houses are smaller, or the cars aren't as nice. Those people need groceries, too. If you're in an unsafe part of town, usually people use the words unsafe. If you are scared to get hurt or injured or killed, that's one thing. But just because that part of town is sketch, it looks differently than you. Mm. Dude, go deliver. In fact, deliver more. You should be making more than 90 bucks a night. Um, This just drives me crazy. You're married. You're married. You have a child. Your mom doesn't get a vote. Move on. Right? A hundred percent. Oh, man. You know, that's a... It's a way... <laughs> this drives me crazy. The, 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 but seriously, though, Laura, and anyone out there listening, there is a freedom. When you're an adult, your parents do not get a say. Actually, Dave and I fought about this on a segment a few shows ago. Because a girl called in and she was like, yeah, my parents want me to invest instead of pay off debt or whatever it was. And Dave's like, just tell, you know, 
screw them. You got to do what you want. All of this. They kept it. I want to sit down and have a conversation explain why I'm doing it. And he's like, you don't owe them anything. You know, this whole thing. So there's like this balance in life when you're an adult and your parents are still living and you have a relationship, which obviously Laura talks to her mom quite a bit because she knows where she's living. She listens to her mom quite a bit. Yes. Yes. She listens to her mom. Of this balance and these boundaries as an adult to go be an adult. But what is it that keeps people tethered to their mom's opinion or dad's opinion? It's a hundred different things, but usually it's approval. I want my mom to, sh- to, to think I'm doing a good job. Okay. And that usually comes from a mm-hmm. legacy of moms withholding... Or controlling. ...love based on performance. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Right? hmm I will give you the nod. I'll give you my blessing when you're doing right. And if you're not, and it leaves a kid always fishing for, I need that approval. Because kids yes. need that unconditional love. Totally. But when it's dependent on math grades or basketball performance or... In this case, what parts of town I enter or don't enter, <laughs> right? Then you're going to chase it, and you'll chase it for the rest of your life. And it's when you can unhook from that and say, uh-huh. I'm loved because this guy told me he's all in. And I'm loved because I got a little son who can't wait to see me when he wakes up in the morning. And I'm going to work bananas to give my house peace, right? When you can unhook and plug into that and not plug into this person who's like, well, I don't know, honey. It's really sketchy over sketchy. there. Sketchy. There's 1994 model cars over there, <laughs> and the Lexus don't go over there. Like, oh, it gets me so far. It gets me so riled up, man. Um, those people need groceries, too. Get over there and help out. For sure. Out it's not that sketchy if they're paying to get groceries delivered, either. They're doing fine in the sketchy part of town. And underneath, oh, I just drives, oh, I hate that phrase. I don't think she approves of me working. I don't yeah. care. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Now, my mom, still to this day, she'll say... Um, have you been traveling? I'll say, yeah, I was in Vegas here. Then we went to Florida for a week, and then we were back in here. And she'll say, no, John, that's you need some rest. You need to go. That's a mom's job. Right, right. But it's not about her approval of me. That's just yes. her doing her mom thing, yes. which I love. And I say, cool, mom. Thanks, mom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 but yeah, it's not attached. The strings I emailed are that to, to my mortgage company. They're like, that's cute, but we still need our payments. Yeah. Right? So I still am going to work. Right. Um, but. She's doing her mom thing, but it's not an approval thing. I just yeah. don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I hear it. Here's, I hear here's it. the thing. Laura, I feel this way. I feel like you are quietly looking. F- you have started this process of working three nights a week after your kid's in bed, and it's exhausting. And you're going to start looking for a couple of little reasons to make into big reasons so you can stop doing this and slow down paying it off. Don't. Just hit the gas or find another job that will get you there faster but get this thing done. Get it knocked out. And for God's sake, unhook from your mom's approval. Uh, mm. You don't need it. All, all right. right. Hey, we got these new questions for humans. Yes. We have all different decks, right? And it's one of the top selling things in the company right now, which is still just super funny to me. All right. But we've got we got girls night out, guys night out. we got all kinds. This is the workplace deck. Because we're we should, at work. We should have done girls night, John. We should, we should have. Oh my we gosh. Are okay, you ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, just throw. I'm going to go. All right. Let's do it. Okay. What part of the United States would you never want to live in. Ooh, would I never want to live? Hmm. I like it pretty much anywhere. Uh, I got mine. What is it? I'm mine's, doing it slightly, mine's Oklahoma. slightly because you're sitting here. Uh-huh. But but part of it's true because I have no reason to be there. Texas. You don't want to live in Texas? Because everyone's obsessed with Texas when they live in Texas. <laughs> and I just think it's a little bit like, eh, really? Is it that great? Such a contrarian. I'm sorry. But, but everyone's like, Texas, Texas. I don't know. 
I uh, love Dallas. I love San Antonio. I love Austin. I mean, there's some great cities in Texas, but just the idea to say I live in Texas, I don't know. California would be a tough one for me to live in, though, too. Oh, uh, California is so beautiful. It's so stunning and it's so beautiful. San Diego. Yeah. Nice. And okay. Malibu and uh, all, all of it. I just think it's a beautiful place. And Napa, all the things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There was. Um, wait, what's more disgusting? Your car, your desk, or your bathroom at home. Okay, here's the thing we need to talk about. Somebody cleaned up my desk. Here at work? Yep. Mm. They organized it all, <gasps> straightened things. Probably because they couldn't stand looking yep. at it, John. Because it's a wreck. It's a wreck, yeah. So I took everything mm. out, and now there's just like a yellow pad. It looks like <laughs> it looks like an office in a prison. <laughs> but So it used to be my desk. It used to be your It's desk. probably my car. My bathroom is, is pretty spotless, because um, that's disgusting. But yeah. I, I'm messy. I'm not gross. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's me, too. I'm not an organized person. My closet's the worst. I just... It's everywhere. Somebody I'm cleaning up my say, desk. I'm going to say... I'll say car. Not my new so. car, but my the minivan. Ooh. My truck's embarrassing. Oh, that's bad. Um, what's the worst career advice you've ever received? Uh, you should join Ramsey's. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the worst career advice. Uh, can I tell you what it is? Yes. Well, I've got one. What's yours? Fake it till you make it. Why I, is that the worst? I just kind of feel like that's terrible. Why? Because if you go in and you're like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Then you're in a position and people are pissed because <laughs> you, don't you know can't what you're do your doing. job. And you're like, no, I think I can figure it out. And you can't because you, can't you don't know what you're doing because you faked it. Huh. So part of me is like, just own it. Yeah, like, yeah. like if you're in a, I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, I'm really good at this. I struggle with that. But if gotcha. you're like, yeah, I'm awesome at all. I'm awesome <laughs> at all of this. I'm awesome at all. Uh, I don't like fake it to make it. I don't know I don't what like the it. worst like career it. advice. Here's the worst career advice I've ever received. Um... Don't don't look to move. Don't look to um, to be grateful for your job. And so, like, uh, if you're an yeah. assistant director, naturally, after X number of years, and you put in your and you've put in, you've learned that skill set, and you have exceeded that position, you start looking for associate director jobs, whatever. And it's the advice I received was like, no, stay put, you're good. Yes, and that wasn't good advice. Okay, last one. Okay, what's an office buzzword that drives you nuts? What's an office? I've got mine. What is it? Zoom, zoom. <laughs> if something's going well, like, it went zoom, zoom. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know what? I can't. There's a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of office buzzwords. Put the, all, ball, put the ball in the hoop. All of the office buzzwords drive me crazy. I just hate office lingo. Can you guys pick one at Ramsey? Eight two five five two two five. This is the Ramsey Show. I'm John Deloney, joined here by my good friend Rachel Cruz, and we're taking your calls on money and life. Let's go to Dustin in Evansville, Indiana. Hey, Dustin, what's going on, man? Hello, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear us? All right. There, yes, I can. Excellent. Um, so, what's up, brother? Um, I've been recently having um, car problems um, to a point where the car is undrivable. 
And um, we recently took it to um, the Ford dealership uh, for them to look at it. And they said it was a um, something called a transmission control module. And um, the uh, the part is under a recall, so it's we don't have to pay anything for it. Um, but they said that the, the part is uh, on a back order. And uh, it's to a point where they, people have been waiting months for this part. And um, they recently said that some of the people have been trading the cars in because they've been waiting so long. And I'm looking to see, I guess, what was my best option. Um, I guess my other option was to um, to buy, like, a, a backup vehicle um, or just wait it out and just use our other vehicle. My wife drive me around to work. Yeah. Have you gotten a second opinion? Um, I have not. Um, I would be curious in that. The only reason I say that, Dustin, is because we had an air thing that went out in our minivan, and we took it to Honda, and went, my husband took an Uber to or home from the dealership, and he was like, oh, you took it to the to the dealership, did you? And I was, like, I was like, that's a funny funny way to put it. But I do wonder like, if there's like a, you know, a mechanic who's not attached to a dealership if wait what kind of options he has um, i absolutely would do that what are you doing for transportation right now man um my wife has been driving me to work every day i work kind of like a hybrid where okay. I, some days i'll go in and some days i'll just work from home and so since this kinda, no. since this is a recall is there any sort of uh rental reimbursement or something since they've admitted that your car is not drivable because of our fault um, well, mo- most of the, the dealership that I went to told us that there was no rental that they would that would be available, and um, I've kind of been doing my research online too um, to see like what other people have that have had the same problem, mm-hmm. and they've all kind of had that same answer, and they've kind of just been waiting months for this part to come in. How much is the car once it's fixed? How much will it be worth? Um, it's probably around I would say six thousand to eight thousand. Okay. Um, are they will? Is the dealership willing to give you that on a trade? I haven't asked about the trade yet. Um, that's kind of. I was just going to wait a little, a little bit longer and see. I'm Rachel. I would. Left. I would absolutely. See, here's um, again. I don't want to throw any dealership under the bus, but I always look at who's going to make money off this deal, right? And I know a dealership makes money when they do a transaction, and I know a dealership makes money when they fix a car, right? And so if there's a way that they can encourage a transaction and encourage you to potentially take on a car payment and we'll give you 4000 for it right now. Go ahead and get you another car. It may be months and months. We don't know when you're going to be driving. I'm not saying that they're unethical or they're trying to steal from you. I'm just saying that the incentive is there. A mechanic who's just running a mechanic shop has one incentive. That's to fix your car so you'll pay him. Right, and so I would go check that out first and see. I wouldn't even tell them about your experience at the dealership yet. I would take my car there and um, say, "Hey, here's or have it towed there, and it's worth 120 bucks to figure it out before you go do something worth thousands and thousands of bucks." And I'd go get a second opinion when, on that. And once it's fixed, Dustin, is it the kind of car that you've had issues with, and you're like, "God, oh, I kind of want to upgrade." Like, are you ready for? Like, is that the next step? Or once it's fixed, you're like, "Oh no, I can drive it for another year or two." Um, well, it's only got 80,000 miles on it, so I'm oh, yeah. sure it's got plenty of life still on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, w- I would, I mean, since the repair's free at the dealership and going getting a second opinion, um, I would just, I would wait it out if you could, even though it's super annoying, um, you know, with having one car, but people do that all the time. Yeah. Um, 
so it's doable considering that the repair is going to be free. I'd also call the dealership man and see if you can get some sort of credit, too. even like a credit to yeah, yeah for something. I don't know, and I'm not saying all dealerships are stealers. You are. That's what you said. No, that's cool. I didn't mean to say that all over America. It was just a funny joke. It is. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Just threatening people's From the businesses. Uber driver. I was like, that's a funny. That's a funny. All right, let's go to Chris in Cookville. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Um, I have a question about um, potentially selling a business and kind of the, the, the what your thoughts are on that. Uh, with, we have two mortgages, one for rental property, one for our primary home. And other than that, we don't have any other debt, but those are obviously sizable debts. And um, the a couple options for selling the business. One would be in one scenario, we could potentially pay off both houses quickly at the, at closing. Um, another scenario, one of the houses, um, we like the second scenario better because of who, who the people. Um, and I know you guys are all for small businesses. So I guess just kind of wondering what your thoughts are on all of that. Do you want to be out of this business? We kind of do, my wife and I, yes. What does kind of mean? <laughs> well, we're fatigued from it, and we, we are, um, we're, we're kind of ready to be, be done with it. Yes. <laughs> what does kind of mean? Yeah, are you in or out? Just say, dude, we want to sell this business. Or does she want to sell it and you want to keep it, or vice versa? Like, or, no, we're done. I, I'd say pr- pretty much leaning towards no, we're done. <laughs> kind of, pretty much. Are you in or out? <laughs> I'd say out. Are you you feel good about that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I guess that's the really the, the purpose of the question is I, I, there are times I'm on the fence because you know I, I love the income from the business and the potential of where it could go. Um, what do you want to do after you sell? Time. Do you have a? Well, we, we have some projects we'd like to work on, and we would also stay on for a time. Or I would. I say we. My, so you take a pay, you, you would take a paycheck for a season. Yeah. Well, you figured out what came next. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you want to quit the business and they're going to keep you on and pay your bills and you're going to be debt free and have a free rental home, I'd sell it. I, I don't know what the, I, I don't know what the concern is. Here's the here's the deal. Just because you miss it doesn't mean it's right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's natural to miss it when you transition out of that. That's okay. You can date somebody yeah. for a long time and you break up and it's painful, even though the breakup was the right thing to do. And you miss them, and you miss laughing, and you pick up your phone to call them, but you know that long-term that was the right thing to do. It could be very similar here. The real question is less about what we could do with this money. Like, do you want to be in this business or not, man? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I guess, the only reason it's not 100% no is because, well, there's just always that doubt. Um, But I think my wife would be much happier if I was not, and (laughs) chances are my kids would be. Yeah. Wait, and I think it, did you start the business, Chris, from the ground up? Yes. Yeah. So you're the first generation, you know, business owner, and you guys naturally always are going to have it. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have an emotional tie to it. Uh, but if it's kind of run its course, and you see other things out there in life that you're like that, other things get you excited, and you built this thing, and you can sell it, and you can do some great stuff with the money, and then you can continue to live a great life and do other great stuff. Then that's awesome. But if you love the business and you want to be in it, and you and your wife still are good with it. Um, you can totally stay in it. So yeah, you can also keep the business and sell the rental house that you can't afford and hire somebody to provide you some relief so you can spend more time with your wife and kids. So you don't have to box yourself into an either or corner here, right? Yeah. 
And so in the two scenarios uh, for selling, the one where we could pay off. Yeah, so the second one, it's, it's the people you like. that. So you have two yeah. offers, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and you and you like the second people better. Is that right? Is you just you know Correct. them, yeah. or you just feel better about that? But is it a how, worse offer? How much of a loss will you take if you did that versus the first? Well, the thing is, it's almost an equal amount, but it's structured differently. Oh, okay, so, uh, just diff- different amount at closing, and um, so the first one has a less favorable structure, but more at closing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to get out, cash out, obviously that's when you just take the money and go. But if it's someone that you love and you and they're going to be your boss for three, four years, to, then yeah. that might be the better end of the deal. Is that looking at the actual person? But I guess it's what you guys and the ultimate, the end game is for you. Is it the money or is it what your life's going to be like in the next? And you got to make years. a call, brother, and to be a piece. Make a call. Psalms 4, 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Harry Kemp says, The poor man is not he who is without a scent, but he who is without a dream. Harry Kemp. All right, let's go to Kevin in Tampa, Florida. What's up, Kevin? How are we doing? Good. How are you guys? Thank you for taking my call. You got it. What's up? Hey, so... Um, I just got engaged to my girlfriend or fiance now. Nice. And, um, Congratulations. To, Congrats. Thank you so much. Uh, we're just trying to figure out how to prioritize uh, saving up for the wedding and um, as well as paying our debts. Um, she has 10000 total just in student loans, and I have uh, twenty nine and um, 9000 in credit cards, which I plan to pay off by the end of this year, and the rest of that in student loans. Okay, so what's your question? Uh, oh, my, my question is, um, should I, since I'm planning to um, pay off the credit card, um, and what, what, what are your thoughts on kind of like putting a pause on my student loans while I save up for the wedding? Um, we plan to have the wedding in 2024, so oh. it's pretty far days out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would, my answer may change now. I thought you guys would... You know, be getting married summer of twenty three or something. I was like, if that's why are you case, waiting so long? Um, just because we wanted to uh, get our finances uh, right. No, um, no, Kevin, just get married. Yeah, go to the JP today. <laughs> go. Congratulations, brother. No, you you're don't married. need your. Fi- you're fine. You guys, you're doing it. You're and you. You're gonna. You're gonna do it so much faster and more motivated together when uh, when you're mm-hmm. married and you guys are. Yeah, you don't don't feel like you have to get your finances or not before you're getting married or even having a baby. You're good. So I should save up for the wedding, or we should save up for the wedding now? Uh, yeah, I would do both. I would simultaneously continue to pay off your debt, but I'm okay uh-huh. with you putting some cash aside, yes, for the wedding. I don't want you doing that for two years, though, Kevin. So I want you guys getting married. I want y'all... And y'all are broke. I, I, you don't need a $100,000 wedding that you're paying for yourselves. How much you guys make? <laughs> how much y'all make a year? 
Um, I make 65 and she ranges, uh, right now she's a travel nurse, but she's planning on just getting a staff job, uh, early next year. Okay. So right now she's probably making like 150, uh, probably able to save up 20,000 by the end of this year. And then she's going to go to staffing, which is probably like around 80,000. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, I would, I would encourage you guys to get married sooner. Way sooner. Uh Way sooner. Uh, I would continue to work on your debt and your debt alone. So paying off your credit cards, let her be working towards her 10,000 in student loans. And then you guys have a total and say, Hey, by this date, we would love to have this amount of money so we can start planning a wedding. So that could be Christmas of this year, whatever it is. And so it may not be, it's not going to be a huge, wonderful thing with flowers everywhere. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful, but it, yes, it's going to be, tempered because you guys are paying for it and that's great that's great Mm -hmm. um people spend so much money on weddings and i'm not mad at that but man we spend more effort and energy on that versus the marriage so i'd rather get you guys married and have a decent wonderful beautiful wedding um that you're that you're paying for and then you guys together at that point tackling the rest of this debt together sounds good thank you so much guys you got it and uh rachel i i've not heard i'm sure they exist you may have some friends i've not heard one person not one who went ahead and did a super low-fi, low-key wedding during the COVID years mm-hmm. and with the intention of, we're going to go ahead and get married now, and we're going to throw a big party down the yes, road. Yes. I've not heard one person say, I wish I could take that back. No. Not one. And then what's funny, too, is a lot of them don't even go back and do the big wedding. because no. like, we're married. <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're married. We're we old and annoying. We have money. We want to go travel. I don't want to be with your family yeah. anyway. So <laughs> our own we thing. Yeah. I've not yes. heard one person no. say, you know what? I wish we'd spend $100,000 and blown it out for these no. photos. Oh, my gosh. No, we had Winston had one of his best friends was getting married May of 2020. Mm-hmm. It was a destination wedding. So we were all we had everything booked. You know, we were going Winston was in the wedding of the whole thing. And of course, you know, cancel, yeah, cancel. Yeah. And so uh, we got a text from him and he was like, hey, tonight, get on Zoom at 6 p.m. So we get on Zoom at 6 p.m. and there's literally 200 people in the Zoom and it's just them two in the backyard, both parents and then like a, a pastor and they just did it. And now they're and now they're killing. They have a baby now. They're, Life's they're, great. Oh, they're just moving on. And so there is weddings are wonderful. I don't want to be the one of those people are like, you never need a wedding. No, <laughs> weddings are fun and they're beautiful and they're exciting and you yeah. celebrate something beautiful in life. I'm all for it. But they are so they can be so overrated. Yeah, yeah. They can be so overrated. Oh. So Kevin, Kevin, get married. Kevin, get married. God, wait till twenty twenty. Go now. Kevin, get married this weekend. This weekend. And send us the photos. And if sh- you send us the photos, we'll both do- put them up. <gasps> yes. Kevin, if you get married this weekend, both Rachel and I will post the photos. We'll even do something else. We'll s- I don't know. I I would do- yes. We'll send you some gifts. We'll blow this up, Actually, Kevin. Have premarital counseling first. Do, do the do the responsible. Yeah, right. That's steps. enough for Rachel. Let's go to Debbie in Jacksonville. What's up, Debbie? Hi, John. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. What's up? Um, my husband. My, my husband and I. Um, we're in our mid fifties. We have our primary mortgage, and we have a home that we're currently using as a rental. That mortgage. Otherwise, we're debt free. Um, I am not sure where to focus our extra funds on the primary mortgage or on the rental. One caveat of the rental property is that eventually we'd like that to become our primary. It's in a retirement community that we love. Um, we're just not ready to go there yet. Um, our primary mortgage is, uh, we have about 320 left on it. The home is valued at about 550. Our rental property, we owe about 210 and its value is about 320. Um, when are you going to retire? 
probably 10 years. I'd focus on your primary first. No, the rental. Hmm. Okay. Debbie, I'd sell the rental. I know you don't want me to say that. Even though that's where they're going to live, but it's going to be 10 years. In a t- decade. T- in a decade. It's fair. Fair, fair, fair. Good job, John. Yep. I would sell the rental, and then you would owe $110,000, and you would knock that out in a few years, and then you could start socking away cash. But the difference between now and 10 years, if you'd met the 10-year-ago John Deloney, that dude was a train wreck. And you and I, I'm not super got it all together right now, but you should have met that dude. That dude was nuts, right? Like, <laughs> who knows what the world's going to yes, look like in 10 years. Um, I would not mm-hmm. be paying... 10 years worth of mortgage interest on a half a million dollars for a decade. I just wouldn't do it. But that's me. If y'all if sure. y'all just have to have to have to hang on to it, then it ends up becoming a debt, right? Well, yeah, and right. and, and in 10 years, Debbie, think about if yeah, you do all this, you pay it off, how much cash you guys are going to have freed up from your mortgage once you pay off your primary mortgage and mm-hmm. investing all of it and then what your house currently will be worth your primary and in 10 years all of that together, you guys could get Something awesome and maybe a better location, a better community. Who knows what this community is going to look like in 10 years or be. I mean, yeah, there's so much. If you have kids, one of them is going to have twins and say, Mom, will you come live by us? Who knows what's going to happen in 10 years, right? Um, That's just just my thought on it. That's a long. If you were telling me two years um, or three years or something, then that's a totally different proposition there. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. All right. Well, thanks for your advice. Absolutely. Thanks. Hey, hold on, real quick before you hang up. How does that sound? You don't like that, do you? I know you don't. But tell me how that feels. no, no, it it feels okay. I I've heard Dave talk previously about you know he doesn't really like rentals unless you can pay cash, and he usually gives the advice of selling the rental. And so I, in my heart, knew that that was the right answer. <laughs> um, but I was just wondering if, given the caveat that you know we were hoping to end up there, if that shed a different light on the situation. Yeah. It did for me for about 0.5 seconds, but then I gave you terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> almost. You almost got Rachel. I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, no. Um, right, right. Yeah. Sorry, Debbie. That's it. You know in your heart, no. though. And you know what? I, it's going to feel so good. It's going to feel so good when you throw that at your primary mortgage. Yeah, because right now, I mean, you're looking at being done. Right? Well, actually, she said it's, it's worth 300 right? So, or 350 yeah, but, so. But, clo- but I mean, like. Still 130 so. Close gonna, at it. Like, yeah. it's. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather do that. For sure. And in 10 years, you never know what's going to happen. So, All right. Hey, Rachel, thank you yes. for hanging out today. Great show. Great show, John. Thanks. I want to thank Austin, Kelly, James, Ben, Zach, Andrew, Will. Kelly's not even here. I'll even thank you, Will. It's good to see you showing up here at the last minute. Thank everybody. Bobby's thank you, America, for joining us. Um, listen, take care of each other. Be kind out there. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's John Deloney, co-host of The Ramsey Show. Did you know over 18 million people listen to The Ramsey Show every week? A lot of those people listen on one of our 600-plus radio stations across the country. To find a station near you, go to RamseySolutions.com slash show.